0: What's up, Playlisters? Brian from Playlist Wars here. Just want to let you know that while this show is on hiatus, both Gomez and I have separate shows that are part of the Playlist Wars extended universe, if you will. Gomez has the Sleevy G show, which you can find at SleevyGpodcasts.com. And I have a new show entitled My Weekly Mixtape, which you can find over at MyWeeklyMixtape.com. Both shows are also available on all podcast platforms just by searching Sleevey G Show or My Weekly Mixtape. And Playlist Wars will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for your continued
1: support of the show. This is DT from Space Castle, and you are listening to Playlist Wars. Let the battle begin.
2: Welcome to Playlist Wars, everybody. I'm part of the dynamic duo. My name is Gomez, and I have my well-established partner in crime co-host, Brian Colbert, with our special guest, Lance Levine, author of All the Right Notes and the host of the Record Store podcast. What's going on, guys? What's up? What's up?
1: Hey, great to be here, man. I'm in the Planners Cheeseball Studios here in Chicago and couldn't be happier to be on Playlist Wars. Thank you guys so much for having me on.
0: And we couldn't be happier to have you on, man. Very excited. Love what you do over at the Record Store Podcast. Yeah, we're excited to talk some music tonight. Now, we, we've been actually talking about this episode for, I want to say, a good several months here. For sure. Uh, yeah. We've been going back and forth. And as soon as we started discussing having you on for the episode, you immediately chimed in mm-hmm. with this group. So... Before we get started, why don't you tell us why you're excited to talk about some Fleetwood Mac with us tonight?
1: I have been a Fleetwood Mac fan since 1977. I'm not even sure if you guys were born in 1977, but I was a kid. I was. I discovered them as a kid. And, of course, you know, as a teenager, Stevie Nicks was my teen dream, you know, my heartthrob. I've seen them. I would say I've lost count, but I've seen either... Fleetwood Mac in various permutations or the solo acts I've seen over 50 times. I've seen the Becky and Billy era. I've seen the Mike Campbell era. I've seen Stevie and Lindsay solo, even Christine solo. I appreciate all three of them as songwriters, um, as singers. I've always said Christine McVie has the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. Lindsay is an unreal guitarist. The rhythm section of Mick and John is just legendary. And Stevie's just an icon. So, I mean, what's there not to love about Fleetwood Mac, guys?
0: Could not agree more. So let's just dive right into this. Obviously, for the folks that listen, you know this. Our format's pretty simple. Tonight, our topic is the legendary Fleetwood Mac, and we've each individually created a playlist with our top 10 favorite songs, none of which have been shared between the three of us prior to now. Throughout the episode, we're each going to reveal our track ones through track tens one by one, and craft what we each feel is the perfect Fleetwood Mac playlist. After the episode, we turn it over to you, the amazing playlisters, to vote via PlaylistWarsPodcast.com and decide once and for all which one of us got it right. Also, while you're at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com, you can listen to each one of our playlists just in case you want to quote-unquote hear where we're coming from with our choices. So let's get this party started, Lance. Without further ado, why don't you kick us off with your track
1: one? All right. So I had to come up with a theory and a theme of how I was going to compile my list. So, you know, you could have gone album by album, except there's an album called Time that wouldn't have had any tracks. So I couldn't go that route. There's three singers that I admire equally. So basically 33% Stevie, 33% Chris, 33% Lindsay, which leaves me track 10 to figure out what I'm going to do. So that's the pattern I went with. So we're starting with track one. Stevie Nicks has to be my top pick. So track one is Rhiannon live from the live album 1980. Stevie's young voice was so strong on this song, this version of the song, all the elements of the song were strong. Lindsey's riff, Christine's organ and piano, mixed trademark drums, just everything about it. Obviously, the studio version of Rhiannon is a classic. It's an epic, but live just so much more powerful. I've seen it so many different ways. But The classic version of the classic five members of Fleetwood Mac doing Rhiannon live is my win. So it's my number one Rhiannon.
2: Awesome. Awesome pick. It's actually my number five pick on my track list. You went Uh, with the live version too? No. Well, I went with the studio version. Right.
0: Okay. Awesome.
2: Awesome. I I, I didn't go with the live version. I wasn't really, when I was doing my list, I really wasn't, I was all over the place with my list. You know me, Brian, Mm -hmm. I didn't have a theory with mine. I, I didn't know if it was Stevie Nicks or wherever. I just piled the songs I truly loved. So, so we we Rihanna's so, uh, so, so, my number five pick. I went with the studio
0: version, so that was actually my number five. Man, I'm starting off on the ba- on the wrong note. <laughs>
1: trifecta killer, yes. Andrew, yes. I am
0: trifecta killing Rihanna. Poor Rihanna, she had she didn't see it coming. Uh, apologies. I I love this song. I crafted my track list a little differently than Lance did. Everybody knows I'm kind of a rock guy and I always lean hard into rock. And I did the same thing even with Fleetwood Mac. So mine'll be pretty weird to hear where it goes, but you'll when once it starts unveiling track by track, I think you'll understand a little bit more. But I absolutely love this song. And I could tell you right now, it was in the next three songs that were contending for my for this list. So there's a very good chance that this is gonna be my honorable mention, pick mm-hmm. of the night. To give it kind of an honorary trifecta, but for now, <laughs> trifecta killed. I apologize.
1: Is there a Fleetwood Mac Christmas song you're shooting for? Uh, no, okay. no, no Christmas just, songs just by checking. the Mac tonight. No. All right.
0: Although Stevie Nicks does have that great version of "Silent Night." That's
1: right. That's right. But
0: we're not talking solo material tonight, <laughs> so we're going to have to save that for our Christmas show
1: episode. Good idea. Yes. Yes. When we get to December, that's what they call a Tease. <laughs> right. That's the that's a tease right there.
0: There we go. That's yeah. what the people in the biz. are right. going with the lingo, the tonight. insiders. <laughs> All right, Gomez. Track one, man. What do you got?
2: So, track one. I went with Big Love. It was the first song that appeared in the '87 album of Tango in the Night. I thought it was a great song. I love the entrance to this song when you hear the. I'm assuming it's a guitar, with it da 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 repeating it, and just the song. It has that how can i say cheesy 1980s vibe you know what i mean with the synthesizer and all that you know it just overall it was a great song i thought it was um truly it fit perfectly for the 80s it was also in one of the uh, movies uh, Cameron Crowe's Elizabeth town
0: Uh, I've never seen it, but I do remember... um... Oh, dude, save... Believe it or not, it's one of the seven movies I have seen. Oh, really? And I can't can't unsee it. However, Big Love was probably the best part of it, just being in the soundtrack. Okay. The rest of the movie, I I couldn't see through the steam of the pile that it was.
2: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So it really was a, a great, great movie, as Brian is saying to me. Right now.
1: <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to make notes on your, the, the soundtrack stuff here, because I don't know about a lot of the stuff that you're going to quote on these songs. So I'm making notes because I want to check it out.
2: I love watching movies. One thing I love to do, and I'm a video gamer, but what a shame. Fleetwood Mac was not on Grand Theft Auto Five.
0: That would have been kind of cool, though. <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Well, Gomez, I'm going to go right away and just say this. I didn't go with any 80s Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Kind of like the scene in Step Brothers where an 80s Billy Joel tribute band. I did the opposite of that, and there's no 80s Mac on my list. I apologize.
1: Because I do
0: actually enjoy the 80s sheen on Fleetwood Mac sound. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But to me, it's a little far removed from where I went with my track list. So I don't hate any of it. I just didn't include it because I went in a different direction but that's a great song yeah and the only good thing about Elizabeth town <laughs> uh, seriously I'll, I'll cost this listeners to just I'll stand on that I'll stand on that rock there
1: I did not have big love <laughs> on my list either um, like you said great song I love the quirkiness of it and actually honestly to see it live to see Lindsay doing it live just by himself is amazing mm-hmm. watching that finger picking on that guitar so really good song but did not make my list.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned the finger-picking of Lindsey Buckingham, because that's perfect. And that segues me right into my track one. Mm -hmm. And I'm going off the 1975 self-titled album. This track is actually a reworking of a 1968 song called The World Keeps on Turning, which was featured on the Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac. This is a reworking of that track written by Christine McVie and Lindsey Buckingham, and it's called World turning. This opening guitar, this electric opening guitar that he's finger-picking, mixed with the dobro that he incorporates throughout the tune, is ridiculous. And this is the kind of song where, if I saw them in concert, I'd love to see this as the opening song. Because for the first two and a half, maybe three minutes of the song, it's just building. Uh And it's just almost creating this manic excitement by the time the drums kick in. And they kind of jam out the ending of the song. And I feel like it's a perfect... Way to slowly get you hyped for what the rest of the evening is going to be. I feel like it's one of the more underrated songs on the self-titled album because it wasn't, it wasn't a hit. It didn't chart, but I, I just think it's the perfect build and intro to really get you up and moving. So that is my track one, World Turning from the self-titled album. That's a really good pick, Brian.
1: It is really uh, unique, actually, really deep cut and really interesting cut because it represented kind of the end of that era when they were more bluesy. You know, they, ha- they were coming out of the 60s when they started as being a blues band and then they kind of morphed a little more rock and then a little more pop, but really represented the end of that era and what they were transitioning to with Stevie and Lindsay. So really cool pick. Impressed.
0: Well, thank you, sir.
1: Not on my chart, but impressive pick. <laughs> so, and you Very know what, pick, live, man. just telling you this live, it would always be one of those Stevie Nicks would be going in the back and taking a five minute break. Cause that jam, you're right. That jam was so long and there really wasn't a spot for her to play or to sing on there. So that would always be one of the Stevie Nicks uh, vacation break songs.
0: Yeah. But you know what? It's just it's just something about the music. It, it's just, it damn near feels bluegrassy. Yeah but it rocks yep. and it's a different sound. Cause you're, you're, you realize if you listen to the original, the world keeps on turning. You can hear where the origins of the song came mm-hmm. from. And it's, it's just kind of like a beautiful bridging of the gap between, because if you think of anything pre the 75 self-titled album, you're listening to a completely different band yep. altogether, figuratively and literally. Yeah. And I think we'll talk about that at some point tonight. Oh yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But with that being said, Lance, let's keep this going. All right. Track two, man.
1: Number two, um, I did a coin flip and Christine McVie won the coin flip over Lindsay. So Christine will be every third song here. So my number two is my first draft pick for Christine McVie, and it is Songbird. It's an iconic trademark song for her. It shows off why I say her voice is legendary. It would always close the concerts. As soon as it came out, it would always be the last song that they would do live. And that was kind of your signal that, okay, This is the second Encore shows over. We can go home now. You know, that was always the last song. They wanted to leave you with that. So just a beautiful piece of music shows the versatility of the band, like you just referenced, as far as the different types of music they do. Obviously, from 77's Rumors, it was the final track on side one. 40 million albums sold worldwide. So I can't say enough about Rumors. So, yeah, Songbird, (laughs) absolutely. The beautiful Christine McVie voice, Songbird at number two.
2: Awesome pick. It did not make my list. It would be an
0: honorable mention, though, for me. I could say that much. Mm-hmm. It's an absolutely gorgeous tune. And there's no deni- Like I feel like it's one of the best sung Christine McVie vocals. Yeah. Although the song that I'm actually representing her with on my playlist, because I'll be honest, she, I feel like, is underrepresented in my list. I didn't go with Songbird, but I absolutely love the the song. It just didn't go with the vibe and pacing of the list that I'm going for. But I can't say anything bad about it. Because Fleetwood Mac is one of those bands that you could take a playlist in many different directions. And I'm seeing it here already. And I like this. So So Gomez, track two. So track two. I went with another one I truly liked.
2: I went with Don't Stop, uh, one of the band's most enduring hits. Third single from the Rumors album, I believe it was. It reflects Christine McVie's uh, feelings about the separation from Fleetwood Max bassist John McVie. And as much as I love my movies and I love my video games, this was actually in a TV show in Knight Riders season one, <laughs> episode one. The premiere episode? <laughs> yeah. Michael Knight's sleeping in behind the wheel and that song's playing in the background. So it was kind of one of those great TV shows I always loved and I remember it being in the show. So Don't Stop, Track 2, on my list.
0: Lance?
1: I do not have it. Um, I think that as such a hardcore Fleetwood Mac fan for so many years, there's certain songs that just are like in my rearview mirror, and that's one of them. Not a bad song, obviously, but I think the fact that I've heard it 75 million times probably kind of takes away the specialness of it for me, so... I don't have it. Um, I don't have anything political to say about it because it was so closely associated with Bill Clinton. Don't care about mm. that whatsoever, either pro or con, whatever. But like the song, don't love the song. So it did not make my list.
0: I'm the opposite of that. I really like the song. I have nothing bad to say about it, but it didn't make my list either. That one with Rihanna could be a contender because that was also in the three that were bouncing around in, in and out of my list. But I ended up putting it in my honorable mention bucket. Uh So I'm glad to see that two of my three honorable mention tunes are already sitting in the bucket right now, because that makes my life a lot easier.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I got to laugh.
0: Just a little bit, Brian, right? Not much, but a little bit, right? A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to stick with rumors though, for my track two, but I'm going to go with another, uh, you see, they're calling this a, a B side. And to me, that would make it sound like it's a deep cut. But as far as I'm concerned, this is in no way, shape or form a deep cut, even though it was never a fully released single. It reached 31 on the U.S. Billboard Modern Rock tracks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm going with the gorgeous Stevie Nicks on Gold Dust Woman. Mm -hmm. The vibe of the song, it's it's dark, it's mysterious. It's Stevie Nicks. Mm -hmm. It's everything about her and her role and her part of Fleetwood Mac in a song. She sings it beautifully. The vocals are incredible. The music's incredible. And I think something about rumors resonates with me because my folks basically explained to me that when my mom was pregnant with me, my father bought her rumors on vinyl. And for the last like six months of my mom's pregnancy, she listened to this album with headphones on every night. So maybe through <laughs> through the womb, this album just became embedded in my DNA. But this song always stood out to me, even as a kid. I still love it to this day. And I love mentioning cover versions when possible. And this song has no shortage of them. But Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson on 1978's Waylon and Willie do a fantastic version of it. Gomez, I'm going to go movies here. I'm going to go with The Crow City of Angels in 1996. Hole did a alternative hard rock version of it, which is good. It's not, it's nowhere near the original, but it's, but it's good. But then in 1998, there was this amazing compilation that came out called legacy, a tribute to Fleetwood Mac's rumors. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. sister Hazel did an amazing version on that album. And the vocal harmonies in Fleetwood Mac is something I'm going to talk about a lot tonight. Sister Hazel did it justice. They did a fantastic, fantastic job. And Gomez, you know I'm a, I'm a fanboy for this one, but Warren Haynes with Railroad Earth and the amazing Grace Potter covered the song on Haynes' 2015 album, Ashes and Dust. That version has a little bit more of a bluegrass feel to it, but it's Grace Potter. You know I'm a fan. You know I'm always going to tout her when it comes to music. I still want to do a Grace Potter episode. That is a definite other cover to check out but that's my track two Gold Dust Woman
1: very nice that's
0: very nice pick Brian Uh, did not make my list but it's a great tune
1: well you threw me off when you said you talked start talking about b-sides I the whole time I was waiting for you to say Silver Springs was where you're going with this because that was the b-side on go your own way but Mm -hmm. you threw me the curve at the last second there and you went with my number four pick Gold Dust Woman so it is on my list uh, like you said, prototypical, iconic Stevie song just represented the the drinking, the drugs, the debauchery, the breakups of L.A. in the 70s. Um, no better way to catch that that mood than the time capsule that that song is. And the top thing about it to me is the atmosphere. You mentioned it, the atmosphere that the song creates, the mysticism and her voice in that and just the drawn out, you know, the the jam that it is. So, yeah, Gold Dust Woman is my number four, my friend.
0: And with that, I pass the trifecta killing axe back to Gomez for this one.
2: <laughs> yeah. Did not make it on my list. Sorry, boys. Yeah.
0: Hey, it could be an honorable mention though. Who knows? We still got, we still got a long way to go here, yeah, but we're
1: going to long, pass, long
0: way. <laughs> I will pass the playlist picking torch back to you, Lance, okay. for your track three here.
1: Track three. I'm going back live again. And it is, I'm so afraid that's my top Lindsay Buckingham pick. So, I'm so afraid it starts out with a quirky guitar riff, but then the drums and the bass come in and actually goes down kind of a blues route. Not as much as World Turning, but kind of goes down that route, shows off Lindsey Buckingham's guitar chops. He totally cuts loose with the like the vocals are just out of control. The haunting organ from Christine McVie on that adds so much depth and so much production to the song originally from the 75 album. But again, the live version just trumps it just amazing the virtuosity of the entire band, but especially Lindsay. Um, and again, I have to mention the five minute jam at the end to close it out is another famous Stevie Nicks break song. So she takes a break in the back, but I'm so afraid for me easily, my favorite Lindsay Buckingham song and my number three.
0: Now you're going off of the, the live, live. Yeah. Album, the 1980, live. Live, yep. right.
1: 1980 Fleetwood Mac live. Yep.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to see your live and I'm going to raise you the dance. Ah, there we because go. Because I went with I'm so afraid live from the dance in the 1990s because personally I feel that the dance version is better than the studio version. That song just the solo in it, it's it's just electric. There was something about the dance itself yeah. as a concert for Fleetwood Mac that was just so special. And it reintroduced this band to my parents' generation, and it introduced this band to a lot of people that I was in high school with at the time. And as much as we knew their songs from classic rock radio, by MTV putting this out in the forefront, it became part of our, our lexicon of modern music, even though they were kind of a classic rock band at the time. Yep. And I just also want to take this moment to shout out our friend Justin Pennick from Talking Giants, because he wrote in, I'm a sucker for the Dance Live album, and I'm so afraid from that album. Mm-hmm. I can listen to it all day, and Lindsey kills it on guitar and vocals. Absolutely true. Yep. But a fun fact about this one, and, and I'm sure you already know this, Lance. The song was originally intended for the follow-up to the Buckingham Nicks LP. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad they didn't they didn't just scrap it, thinking, "Oh, let's move forward," because this is a fantastic song. And I, I hate to say it, but the studio version I don't think does does the song justice as much as I love
1: it. Agree. that Yeah, I mean, two live versions making the list is, is, tells you that the studio version is good, but it's not as good as it could be when they cut loose with the live version.
0: And now, Gomez, you have the axe in hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Again, once again, the axe is in my hands. <laughs> you guys have a great picks so far. I mean, I went I'm, my top 10 is all the types of songs I truly, truly love. So number three, I went with Go Your Own Way. Truly great song, written and sung by Lindsey Buckingham. It was uh, one of the United States uh, top 10 hits. I love, if I'm right, the guitar riff a little bit in the beginning and -hmm. just the drums, the bass, everything. And every time I hear this song, I think of one movie, Tom Hanks and Forrest Gump, where he's running up the hill from the Colorado Rockies, I believe it was. And I hear that song and it just, every time I think of the song, I hear it, I think of that scene in the movie. Truly a great song. I love it a lot. Go Your Own Way, track three
0: for me. Well, Gomez, you were just sitting here, you did this whole diatribe before your song where you said like, oh, you know, just because I think different and nobody's going to pick, you know, the same songs as me and this and that and the other thing. And I was, I kind of fell asleep, but I, I <laughs> That's came <okay>. back <laughs> I, I came back because as soon as you said, go your own way, I'm like, ooh, I have that. That is my track nine. <laughs> wow. From 1977's Rumors, like you said before, it was the band's first top 10 hit in the U S and it reached number 10 on the billboard hot 100. Like you mentioned, yep. the song was ranked number 401 by Rolling Stone magazine on their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. And there's no shortage of cover versions of the song. And we talked about one recently on our punk covers episode with Matt from the X radio X podcast. No Effects, along with Greg Gaffin of Bad Religion, covered the song on their 1989 album, S&M Airlines. And then, Gomez, where you mentioned Forrest Gump, I'm going to go with another movie, Ooh. but with a cover song. So I'm doing the movie wow. and the cover song together. So this is kind of a mashup here. But in 1994, Seaweed covered the song for the original Clerks soundtrack. Oh, my, <laughs> God. Oh my
2: God. Wow. You're right. I totally forgot about that.
0: Yeah, and that one was really, really, really good. Really good. I, I love that version because, uh, you know, I, I love punk music. And then in 98, I'm going to say it again, that legacy, a tribute to Fleetwood Max Rumors is such a great album. The Cranberries did a brilliant cover yep. of it yep. because Dolores's voice just really fit the vibe of, of playing this song. So three fantastic covers. We got a crossover here now, Lance uh, Gomez, you're going to have to, I guess, either pass the Axe back to Lance to hatchet the trifecta, or we he might surprise us here. Who knows?
1: I will take that axe and I will swing that axe, but I will do it with the (laughs) I will do it with the caveat of saying that "Go Your Own Way" was the last one off my list, so it was number it's my number eleven. If it as as you you know if you will, but it was the last one that got dropped at the last second. Uh, Literally last night, this came off my list. So love, go your own way. Like I said, kind of. It's like Don't Stop for me where I've heard it so many times, but I still appreciate the virtuosity of that song. Live, just amazing to see it live. The crowd just gets so pumped up for that song. So love Go Your Own Way. Obviously, when Rumors came out and it was the first album of theirs that I got into at the time when it first came out, just such a trademark song for them. So got nothing bad to say about it. Just barely, barely missed my cut.
0: Hey, it could be an honorable mention song for you tonight at the end of the night. Yeah, then, so. it is.
1: It Like I said, it's the last one that missed the cut.
0: All right. All right. So for my track three, I'm going back to the 1975 self-titled album, and I'm going to stay with a studio track this time. This song reached number 20 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, and it was the first song by the band to reach the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 since Oh Well, which was six years earlier. And this is... Unfortunately, the only sad thing I'm going to say about the song, it's the only time I'm representing Christine McVie's lead vocals on my list. And I feel bad about that, but I have reasons. And I'm going to go with one that's probably one of her more rocky tunes. But it it really works because everyone always thinks of Christine as the soft, smooth Mm -hmm. pop voice. But on Over My Head, she brings a nice element to the rock slash soft rock sound that Fleetwood Mac is starting to incorporate at this part of their career. This song is absolutely fantastic, and I'm actually shocked that it's not recognized as much in the Fleetwood Mac hits canon because it was a top hit for them, but I feel like it kind of gets overshadowed by all the songs from Rumors and then in their 80s output as well. So I wanted to show this song some love from uh, 1975 self-titled track three over my head.
1: Interesting choice because of all the Christine McVie songs to go with that one is definitely unique for sure. Um, love that song. Did not make my list. I don't really consider it a rocking song. I do think that it is kind of part of her, you know, her general MO. I think it, to me, it's, it is more closer to a ballad, maybe a bluesier ballad, but love that song. Love her voice. Got nothing bad to say about it.
0: Yeah. rock Rock was probably the wrong word to use, but there's something more of like a, Americana, almost mm-hmm. rock oomph to it, but not hard rock like some of the other songs that are on my list. Okay. I
2: believe so. Yep. Didn't make my list either, Brian. Sorry, but it's a contender for me on that song. I was uh, teeter-tottering with this song, and it just I couldn't put it on my list.
0: All right. Well, like I said, this is definitely not the one that most people think of when they think of Christine McVie, and for some reason, as I was going through the albums, playing them from start to finish... This one just jumped out at me and said, why don't you have me on your list? <laughs> and I said, you know what? You're right. I need to have you on my list. So we had that conversation,
1: and that's where it is. You and yourself?
0: No, me and the album. Oh, me you me and
1: the album. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Got it. It was the that, te- telepathic. That's even more normal. Got
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this show is not normal. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, we're going off the rails anyway. But Lance, your track four was Gold Dust Woman. Yep. So, Gomez, we're back to you for your track four. Ooh, my track four. Yay, already.
2: So, track four for me. I went a little bit uh, soft. The song was written by Stevie Nicks, performed by her, and I went with Landslide. Mm. I always loved this song. It's one of those songs that I could listen to over and over again and probably never get sick of it. This is probably one of their most frequently performed songs during tours, of course. Mm-hmm. But something about this song, just hearing her voice, just it's like a comfort blanket over me. You know what I mean? It makes me calm, feel better. And it's just a a great song. Um, It did reach the number 51 on the U.S. Billboard 100 and charted the number 10 in the adult contemporary charts. So truly an awesome soft song. I went with Landslide with Stevie Nicks singing that track four.
1: I cannot argue with that. It did not make my list, but it is definitely an iconic Stevie song. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for Brian's list of covers on this because that's going to be a mile long. But
0: I'll go with two. I'll, I'll go with one you should listen to and one you shouldn't. And I'll <laughs> leave it at that because it is it is a ridiculously long list.
1: Yeah, it, it is. But totally iconic song that matches up with her. And if, you know, when her gravestone is engraved, that will be at the top of it as far as representing what Stevie Nicks is all about. I mean, and not to be morbid or anything, cause I love Stevie, but as far as associating a, a, a song with a person, it's iconic for her for sure. So definitely a great song, not on my list, but it should be.
0: And before I go to the cover songs, I just want to shout out our friend, Tim McCarthy over at 2010 minutes, who has an awesome mental health focus podcast. If you want to check that out, he chimed in with landslide It truly is one of Stevie Nicks' most breathtaking songs. And when you talk about cover songs, Fleetwood Mac is, you know, big into harmonies. And I will say that the Dixie Chicks version of Landslide that they did with Sheryl Crow was absolutely fantastic. I really, truly enjoyed that. However, one of my least favorite covers of all time, like all time. (laughs) Of all, 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 all time. of the time together and i'm gonna piss some people off with this because i know we have some 90s fans in the house oh. but smashing pumpkins cover of landslide oh is yeah. absolute <sighs> garbage to me i'm so sorry because i love the smashing pumpkins but billy corgan's voice replacing stevie nicks i, I don't care what you were going for it doesn't work mm-hmm. no you want Beauty, you want elegance. And I'm not trying to be mean. I absolutely love the song, and I love the Smashing Pumpkins. But the two mixed like oil and water to me. It just didn't work. Apologies to people that like Smashing
1: Pumpkins. The funny thing is, when you said that there were two covers, one great, one bad, I knew exactly which two they were, and I knew exactly which one was which, too. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> I was about to say, if you flipped them, no, I was about to say, let's no. to, to I leave the show today.
1: Agreed, and I knew which ones you had in which spots, too.
2: It's like saying the analogy from Big Daddy. Would you like uh, tuna fish and meatballs? <laughs> that does, what? Tuna fish? No. Okay. <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs? Better for you. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's one of those things. Like, you, you, you just can't make it up. But you're right, Brian. It's it's like he's got that rock version of it, but his voice doesn't fit it. Right. And it's hard to it, – it's, it's Stevie Nicks we're talking about here, guys. It's yeah. not anybody. You know, you put – Billy Corgan and Stevie Nicks. I'm trying to think of not to be mean, but there's no, I, I I want I can't say what I really really want to say, but
0: look, I'll do a whole smashing pumpkins episode cuz yes, I love right. smashing pumpkins. Right. But there is no way on God's green earth their cover of Landslide will come anywhere near my playlist, and if any guest comes on and brings that, we will just turn their mic off and they're done for the night. <laughs> no. <I'm kidding. laughs>
2: so I they guess only, I'm done for the night. I'll uh, see you later. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, I'm first, only kidding. I'm only kidding.
1: First, booted <laughs> off the show in mid recording. <laughs> That'll be a it first. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: All right, we We're definitely went off the topic in this one. <laughs> All right, I'll bring us back in, but then I'm also going to take us right back off because I think this is where my playlist is going to veer. When people think about Fleetwood Mac, they think about the albums we've talked about so far. They think about Rumors. They think about Self-Titled. They think about Tango in the Night. One of my favorite Fleetwood Mac albums is actually 1969's Then Play On. And this was pre- Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. Mm-hmm. This was with Peter Green, still in the band. And one of the songs, before I actually say the name of the song, I think telling my cover song story will help make more sense of why I like this song so much. I've mentioned on the show that the first CD I've ever purchased in my entire life was The Best of the Doors, as well as Aerosmith's Pandora's Box. I got both of those the night that I got my first CD player. And on Aerosmith's Pandora's box is a cover of a song by Fleetwood Mac called Rattlesnake Shake. And as soon as I was playing through that, my father walked in and said, this is Aerosmith? And I said, yeah, this is my Pandora's box set. He goes that's a Fleetwood Mac tune. And I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) He brought me inside and put then play on on and then played rattlesnake shake. And I became a Fleetwood Mac fan. So it's definitely a outsider pick. I have a feeling I'm going to be the only one representing the Peter green era. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised, but I'm guessing because of the, the love I have for rock music, this is definitely outside of the Fleetwood Mac that most know and love. However, Mick Fleetwood ahem, covered the song <laughs> quote marks with uh, the original lead singer, Peter green on Mick Fleetwood's 1981 solo album, the visitor. And that version also kicks ass. So with that being said, I want to also give a shout out to our good friend, John Pritchard over at the well disguised podcast. He chimed in with this one. And I kind of didn't have to say, I didn't want to make too many meme emojis on Twitter to be like, yes, that's definitely one of my picks but that's definitely one of my picks track four, rattlesnake shake from 1969's then play on.
1: I really respect the pick. I don't have it, but I really respect the pick in the sense that it demonstrates how versatile Fleetwood Mac is and how rich their history is. You know, this band has been around for over 50 years in various permutations and various members. Obviously there was so much great material and I'll, My 10th pick, which I was struggling with, you know, figuring out how to do my formula was going to be from that era and just pick out the best song from that era. I could see that being in the running for sure. It didn't make my list, but there was so much great material from those pre Stevie Lindsay albums. So I can totally see where you're going with this. So great, great song. I love it.
2: Great pick, Brian. Um, Unfortunately, it did not make my list.
0: All right. Well, for track five. I had I'm So Afraid from the dance, the live version. And, Gomez, you had the studio version of Rhiannon. So, Lance, why don't you close us with your track five?
1: I own track five then. So I'm rotating back to my Christine McVie list here. So I am going with Brown Eyes, one of the most underrated, beautiful Christine McVie songs. Just one of the highlights for me on Tusk. Tusk as an album gets such a bad rap because simply because it wasn't rumors. You know, it followed rumors and it was much ballyhooed. And Lindsay's songs, of course, went away from the mainstream, but in on that album. So it gets a bad rap because of that. Just such a sultry, soulful love song. It's one of those vocal performances from Christine that just hypnotizes me, draws me in. Her voice is just as smooth as honey on this song. Uh, And this song just epitomizes everything I love about her singing. So. And honestly, I think that the Christine and the and the Stevie songs on Tusk were so traditional that and that made up half the album. So I don't know why that album takes such a rap as far as being, oh, it's, you know, it's an albatross to them. Pardon the pun. But it's not Fleetwood Mac. It's a letdown. It's a, you know, it's a failure, a bomb since rumors. So not at all. Couldn't disagree more. One of my favorite albums of their whole catalog. So Brown Eyes the beautiful Christine McVie sultry song at number five for me.
2: Excellent. Excellent pick. It did not make my list though.
0: Well, unfortunately it didn't make mine either, but I'm going to use this opportunity to just slide over to my track six because I'm going to go with something from the Tusk album. Nice. So while brown eyes didn't make my list, I feel like you're absolutely right with what you were saying, Lance. And I just want to jump on that because Tusk let's be honest. You mentioned earlier the sheer amount of copies that rumors sold.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How could any album live up to that? Right. It's literally on most people's lists of best albums of all time, not most, but a lot of people could make an argument that that would be in their top 10 favorite albums of all time or top 10 best albums of all time. And a lot of people might agree with that. So to follow up, nothing they did was going to top it. Mm-hmm. And I feel what they did was they went big, they went bold. Some of it worked. As with all most double albums, some of it didn't. Mm-hmm. And a song that truly worked for me is one that I felt was Mick Fleetwood's Percussion Opus. And I'm going with the title track, Tusk. Reach number eight on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. And you know my love of ska music, And you know I love horns in music. And there's something that's just strange and trippy and fun about including the University of Southern California's (laughs) Trojan Marching Band on this song. It's weird. I'm sure a lot of drugs went into that decision. (laughs) But the fact that they set up a mobile recording studio at the University of Southern California and recorded them outside to get this studio track, it just works. The song is... Just odd and trippy. I used that word before, but you listen to it in headphones and there's stuff panning left and right. Like it's, <laughs> it's like a musical acid trip. And I've never done acid, but I would have to assume that if I did, it would basically be listening to this song over and over again. But the vocal harmonies, the way they kind of just are monotone over each other, it just all works so well. And that riff, every time it's done, you're humming. Dun, 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 dun. Then it's so simple but it just works so my track six the title track from tusk
1: interesting interesting pick one of my believe it or not one of my least favorite fleetwood mac songs
0: really okay But
1: what i will say the studio version didn't work for me at all it was one of the low lights for me on that album however live they put so much more into it and they brought out in various times they brought out marching bands and they brought out extra players and stuff so live it is so much fun but just, yeah, the studio version just didn't work for me. Um, one thing I will say is I always would do the, uh, you were talking about the dint, 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 but I would always do the drumbeat. Like I was that goof kid that would be playing the drum beat on his chest, you know, because I'm like, that was such an iconic drumbeat for Mick for me. So Tusk, not on my list, uh, but great live song. I will say that.
2: You know, Brian, there was a movie called Tusk and that song was in the 2014 movie Tusk. The Kevin Smith movie? I've never seen that movie, but, I, but I've heard about it. It's in there. It's in their soundtrack. Now, did you put this on your list? No, I'm the trifecta killer on that one. Well, no, no, no not- I didn't have it either. <laughs> oh. Sorry. I'm a reverse trifecta killer on that because I'm the only one who picked it. Yeah. No, no, I did not pick it. But it's a good song, but I I I don't know. I didn't have the heart to put this one in my list. It was not me.
1: All right. Well,
0: we're gonna skip you for a second just to stay with the rotation, but We'll be back to your track six in a moment after we hear Lance's track
1: six. All right. Track six again from an album that doesn't get much love. I have Lindsey Buckingham's Peacekeeper from their, sadly, what is their most recent album? 2003, say you will. It's sad that that's their most recent album because they've still done a lot of touring and done a lot of solo stuff. It's odd that I love that album so much because it's just Lindsey and Stevie. A lot of people refer to that album as Buckingham Knicks 2.0. Uh, There's no Christine on that album at all. So it's odd that I do love that album. It's one of my favorites. So it's Lindsay. Lindsay's solo stuff, he always refers to it as the small machine or the little machine, and Fleetwood Mac is the big machine. And I thought Peacekeeper merged the two worlds perfectly. Great harmonies. Lindsay and Stevie both sound so amazing together. The music is just so breezy and so catchy, despite the fact that it's an anti-war sentiment. You know, there's obviously the relationship ups and downs with Stevie and Lindsay. They're well-documented. But when they click, It produces beautiful, just amazing music like Peacekeeper. So Peacekeeper off Say You Will at number six for me.
0: I would have to say that Say You Will could be their most underrated album. Mm -hmm. And I think just like you mentioned, the fact that that Christine McVie isn't on it is probably the only reason the album wasn't much more massive. Mm -hmm. I think by weaving her into these songs and maybe adding a few of hers, it might have been thought of higher Mm -hmm. I didn't include anything from it but that's an awesome awesome pick I love that pick Mm -hmm. great pick it was not on my list though sorry guys All right. well then Gomez why don't you continue on with your track six
2: so my track six I went with dreams talk about another iconic Stevie Nicks song Mm -hmm. something about this song I don't know it's another I guess one of those songs I could listen to and I don't think I could ever get sick of it because actually, for some reason, at work today, we actually had a the Fleetwood Mac playlist going on at work today. So it's kind of funny. I'm listening to all these songs. I'm like, wow, that's on my list. That's not on my list. That's on my list. That's on my list. Ooh, I should have put that one on my list. But I, I I stayed true to my list tonight, so I did not make any changes. Another great song. It was uh, number one in the Billboard's Hot 100, and it's also in Canada too. It has a bluesy beat to it. And Brian, maybe you could. Probably back me up on that a little bit. One of those songs that could really like you can have a bad day, and I'll tell you this song could actually help you, <laughs> and that's the way I like it. I like that song so much.
0: So dreams, track six for me.
1: Didn't it chart again recently with the dude on the uh, skateboard with the ocean spray? Oh,
0: I was hoping we could get through this song without <laughs> mentioning it. <laughs>
1: hey, it. I don't get it. My charted because of that how, goof. So why not? Yeah, but th- here's
0: the thing that that just shows me how out of place I am because I didn't get the video. I didn't get why it was so popular. I didn't get what the viral part of it was, but I love the song. What was the, I don't even know what the heck you guys are talking about. It's just the guy skateboarding with the song in the background.
2: Oh, is that that guy? The guy who was drinking something? Yeah.
1: Drinking like uh, ocean spray out of the big jug. And he's listening to, he's like lip syncing um, dreams on the skateboard.
2: He probably got paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Just to do that, probably, and probably take it down because I haven't. Go
0: outside for next week for our our, our tease for this episode and ride a skateboard down the street and lip sync to dreams. And that's all you have to do. Yep. You'll be famous. Seriously, I don't think a 385 pound
2: Cuban Peruvian guy (laughs) in a skateboard is a great idea. I might break my neck. And
0: then what? Then what? Who are you going to replace me with? Well, you're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Don't do that. I will say I, that I absolutely won't. love this song. It did not make my list, but is definitely in my top contention for an honorable mention. If for nothing more than John McVie's beautiful, beautiful bass that he plays during the breakdown of that song, mm-hmm. sliding up and down the bass for the notes. I've played that with a cover band several times. It's so much fun to play it. And you're right, the song isn't bluesy, but there's still an element to what Mick Fleetwood is doing in the drums that Mm -hmm. still harken back to the older Peter Green era. But then you add Lindsay's kind of smooth guitar work over it, and then what Christine is doing in this song, Mm -hmm. and it all just layers perfectly with Stevie's voice. So it's a fantastic, fantastic tune. And... Probably a very strong chance that it would make my honorable mention, but it didn't make my list right now.
1: Yeah. In my teens as well. Not quite enough to make the top 10, but like every I'm echoing everything you guys are saying, just the layers of music that are in it. Just a beautiful song. Again, just an iconic Stevie song that just totally represents her. Probably her biggest hit, I would say. I mean, in terms of. The songs I thought that people, Landslide would be. Yeah, I mean, it's a toss-up between those two, probably, for the one song you would think of. If Gun to your head, what Stevie Nicks song would you think of? It's got to be one of those two songs. So Dreams, just a beautiful song. Uh, never got old for me. Unlike Don't Stop and a little bit of Go Your Own Way, just Dreams never got old for me. So still love that song, for sure. But not on my list.
0: All right. So, Lance, we're back to you for track seven, then.
1: Track seven, we rotate back to Stevie Nicks. Just talking about her. So it is Stevie's best song off of Tusk. Once again, the underrated Tusk. It's Sisters of the Moon. Perhaps her hardest rocking song, I think. The vocals are just so powerful in this song. The production is so deep. And there's that word again, layered. The mysterious open with all these different elements all over the place. And then it all kind of comes together and starts growing. The wailing, her wailing in the background is just chilling. Her voice is just such a perfect complement for mixed drumming here. I think they just vibe perfectly. Lindsay's riff throughout it and just the close, the guitar clothes on that song are amazing. So for me, Sisters of the Moon is a classic. And again, stop maligning Tusk. Tusk is a great album. So the side note I'll give you about the live performances of it is that it was not done on every tour, so when they would pull it out, there'd always be the murmurs of all the fans around me. Everybody would be like, oh my God, they're doing Sisters of the Moon. This is amazing. We never get to see this. They would pull it out once in a while, every every so often on tour, and people just loved it. So Sisters of the Moon, an easy number seven for me.
2: Great song. I wish it made my tracks, but it didn't. I went with something different for my number seven.
0: Yeah, I, I only went with the one song off of Tusk, but you nailed it, Lance, when you said it was probably Stevie's heaviest song. Mm-hmm. I would say heaviest in Fleetwood Mac. I think some of her solo stuff could reach that same level, mm-hmm. but I definitely agree with everything you said. You hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. But Gomez, we're back to you for track seven then. So number
2: seven, I went with probably another great song. Uh, well, not another. It was a great song, still is to this day to my heart. Um, I went with Hold Me on this one. It's another one of those great songs I like a lot. And the the entrance of the song, you're hearing the piano. Um, Do, 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 do. You know, I I know I can't sing a tune or hum a thing, but I do the best I can to impressing the beginning of a song. (laughs) Um, But truly a great song. It was released in uh, June of 82. It was one of their biggest hits in the United States, peaking at number four, recording seven consecutive weeks on the top five right there. Truly great song. Video was a little weird. But great music video at that time. Yes, kids. MTV did play Fleetwood Mac music videos, believe it or not. (laughs) Great song. Holds a little special something for me because it was probably the first song I heard to Fleetwood Mac before I started listening to all their other songs. Um, So this was probably one of the songs that got me to listen to more Fleetwood Mac. So number seven, Hold Me.
1: I can't argue with that one. More towards the poppy side of Fleetwood Mac, but... Great tune. Uh, loved, loved the anything with Christine. Like you said, Brian, she's not going to get enough love on this because you got the the dynamic Stevie and Lindsay going on. So I uh, can't argue with it. I, I forgot how popular it was and how it was atop the charts for so long. So great pick. Uh, not on my list, Thank but you. really good pick, man. Thank I'm you.
0: actually shocked we've gotten this deep into the Fleetwood Mac episode, and this is the first mention of the Mirage album. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love the pick. It mm-hmm. didn't make my list. Um, And for the reason now you'll see with my track seven why I'm actually going back to 1969's then play on earlier. I talked about the song over my head and it was the first single over my head to reach the billboard hot 100 since this song. And that is Oh well Hmm. from Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac. The song reached number 55 on the U S billboard hot 100. It was originally released as a single, but then ended up appearing on various versions of the Then Play album. So you can actually get Then Play On without it, and then you can get a version with it, depending on the vinyl or the CD. This song's absolutely amazing, and apparently, I don't know if this is true, but I have read that John Paul Jones drew inspiration from Oh Well Part 1 when he composed the riff for Led Zeppelin's Black Dog. That goes to show how awesome mm-hmm. of a riff Oh Well is. And the cover version is another favorite artist of mine that I've we've talked about countless times on this show. But Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, if you go back to the live anthology, they do a kick-ass version. And the last time I saw Tom Petty with my father at the IZOD Center in New Jersey, they played this. And Tom played the shakers for the whole song. And knowing the love that Stevie being the, quote-unquote unofficial female member of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, so you know how their paths were woven through Fleetwood Mac and Tom Petty through Stevie. Hearing Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers do it was always a special moment Mm -hmm. for me. But I also want to shout out the Jimmy Page and Black Crows version from the Live at the Greek album. Mm. That one kicks absolute ass as well. And I want to send a shout-out to playlister Tim McKay, who also chimed in, But he chimed in specifically on the Jimmy Page and Black Crows version. But Oh Well from Then Play On is my second Peter Green and my last Peter Green Fleetwood Mac era song of the night. But it's because of reasons like that that I feel like Christine got a little Mm -hmm. underserved in my playlist. But Then Play On just meant so much to me musically that I, I had to go back to it a second time.
1: The funny thing is, Oh Well is my number 16 because I'm that crazy that I did uh, top 18 (laughs) here. So Oh Well is number 16. And my favorite cover of it would be the Lindsey Buckingham version with Fleetwood Mac of doing Oh Well. I'm perfectly fine with the studio one you picked out, dude. But the live version of Lindsey doing it and Lindsey taking over the Peter Green part blows you away. It's just so good. I love his emotion that he shows on that. So I love that song. Not in my top 10, but on my honorables for sure, man.
0: All right. So we're back to you, Lance, for track eight then.
1: All right. Track eight is going back to the Christine McVie. It is Isn't It Midnight, my third draft pick from 1987's Tango in the Night. Song is overlooked because there's so many other big hits. Big Love, uh, Seven Wonders, Little Lies were the big hits on that album. So Isn't It Midnight? Once again, Christine gets the shaft, and not only on this show, but in the charts. So one of her rockers, I thought it was... One of her rockers from the very beginning, it just great beat starts out with and just proceeds through the song. So it shows how versatile she is. She's not just a ballad singer. You know, she can rock too. Lindsay's harmonies in the song are amazing. He plays some really cool guitar effects in here, too. Again, the layers, you know, there's so much good production on this song. Just great layers, great different things going on the really good guitar solo in the middle, the chemistry with Lindsay and Christine is just amazing and undeniable. And I don't know if you've ever heard their duet album that they did in 2017, Lindsay and Christine together. Tremendous. It was my favorite album of 2017. So Isn't It Midnight? Totally a rock and Christine song at number eight for me.
2: Great choice. I wish I made my list, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. It's going to be maybe an honorable mention for me. It's up there, but it did not make my list.
0: And I only have two tracks left, and I, again, I did not choose anything from the 80s, so unfortunately it didn't make mine, but I love the tune. Mm -hmm. Gomez, track eight? So track eight, I I am sticking with the 80s here, being
2: that I was born in 79, so I'm an 80s kid, I guess, you know what I mean? But another great song I I remember in the 80s was uh, Gypsy from uh, Stevie Nicks, and there's like a little bit of a, a background with this song, actually, that I never knew about that Nick's used to live with uh, Buckingham back in their day. Truly another one of my favorite songs for both of these wonderful powerhouse singers. It was in a TV show, though. I'm going to go again. Knight Rider. <laughs> December of 83, uh, Silent Night, Episode 12, Season 2. It's when um, they're actually driving this gypsy kid. Tino was the kid's name, and Michael Knight was driving him to his uh, gypsy family to live the gypsy lifestyle. Wow. So
0: that wasn't on the nose of a song choice, was it?
2: Yeah. I, I, probably not, but it was actually used in that show though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for a Dukes of Hazard reference here after two Knight Rider references or BJ, the, the monkey or whatever. I forget what that show was, but waiting for one of those to come out.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's, there's some nostalgia with this <laughs> song too, with that show. So gypsy number eight for me.
1: What I love the most about that song is the video, the black and white video where they're yes. in the rain and the dancing and the choreography, not on my list, but I'm now I'm really, you got me regretting it that I don't have it on my list because it's such a beautiful song really re- does represent her. And just that video is a masterpiece. So not on my list, mm-hmm. but I love gypsy too.
0: Everything Lance said, it did not make my list, but I'm going to stick to a point you were just making Gomez. Cause you had talked about Lindsay and, Stevie being together for a while, I guess you would say, and that is very true. And you had mentioned earlier, Lance, we were talking about, or was it you, Gomez, that mentioned Christine McVie singing "Don't Stop" about her breakup with John McVie?
2: That would be me, yeah.
0: right? Like I saw this meme, and it's very true. Taylor Swift will write a song about her ex, and it'll become a hit. Ain't that the yeah. truth? Stevie Nicks will write a song about her ex and make him play guitar on. It. <laughs> And that just shows the other level of badassery that Stevie Nicks is. And the song I'm going with was actually mentioned earlier by you, Lance, but not on your list. Originally recorded for, but not included on 1977's Rumors. Originally the B-side to go your own way, I'm going with Silver Springs. Mm -hmm. However, the version I'm choosing is from 1997's The Dance. This live version of the song was nominated for a Grammy in 1998 for best pop performance by a duo or group with vocals and reached number 41 on the Billboard US Hot 100. Now, most people feel that Silver Springs should have been included on Rumors. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with the opposite and say I'm glad it didn't. And I know people are gasping for breath right now and being offended, so I'm going to give them a moment to gather themselves to hear why the reason being by the time you got to 1997's the dance there were two decades of angst and anger built up in stevie nicks because it was never included on rumors that the version she delivered at the dance became Mm otherworldly and if it was on rumors As great as the song is, it might have just been seen in that moment as just another track from Rumors. But this story behind it and the mysticism behind the song not being included on the original album, which, let's be honest, it works perfectly on Rumors. But the fact that there was that animosity behind it not being on that album for so long just made the version on the dance just so much more powerful. And I want to give a shout out to our friends Dave from the Beer in Front podcast, Ben from the Records Revisited podcast, Steve from the On the Flight podcast, the Morally Flexible podcast, and Kelly Madden of the Drunk Theory podcast, because they all chimed in with Silver Springs as well. It's one of my favorite all-time Fleetwood Mac songs, track eight but the live version from mm-hmm. the
1: dance. Man, a lot of love for that. All those names that you mentioned, a lot of love for that song. I think you you nailed it, man. You said the fact that it it was, quote, only a B-side. It increased the legend of that song, and it made it more, it got it more attention, and it made it more special. So I couldn't agree with you more. Not on my list, but I do love that song. Definitely in my honorables, for sure. Silver Spring's amazing.
2: Another great, great song. <sighs> oh, man, that if I had a 15 track list, it was number 12. So, but I did not hear the 97 version of dance. That one, I like the studio version. I know you love the live, but I got to well, give you let, a Let me just out.
0: throw out in the universe. Cause you haven't seen it. You have Amazon prime, go on prime video. You could watch the dance on prime video. <laughs> oh, okay. Watch the version of silver Springs from that. I would love to hear if you change your mind, because as, beautiful as the studio version is this mm-hmm. one just has that extra layer of something. There's something about it that just, okay. it pulls at your heartstrings more. I mean, it, when they all start singing it together, you just, you feel mm-hmm. that version. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's why I chose the live one.
2: Okay. I'll, I definitely will check it out. So that's where I'm writing it down as we're speaking.
0: All right. And with that, we're moving on to track nine, which mine was already divulged in Go Your Own Way. So now we're going to go Lance's way for his track.
1: Oh, what a good segue. This was... Right? I I, I didn't plan that either. This (laughs) was the last minute swap that knocked out uh, Go Your Own Way, actually. So what what are the odds of that? you a Gomez. So I might have injured myself pulling a Gomez, but... My number nine (laughs) is back to the Lindsey Buckingham on my list. So it is Tango in the Night, the title track from the 1987 album. I'm sticking with it. It was my last minute swap. Lindsey, just vocal gymnastics on this song that are so good. Great combination of acoustic and electric. Really shows his guitar chops on this. Just a magnificent Hendrix-esque solo at at the end of the song. is just like a solid minute of like, what people compared to Hendrix on the guitar solo to finish this song. I thought McVee and Fleetwood just sounded incredible on the bass and the drums backing him up. It was just such a clean, crisp drum sound. And again, it marries the eccentric solo Lindsay with the big machine Fleetwood Mac Lindsay. And the result is just an incredible piece of music. So got it in there at the last minute at number nine, Tango in the Night. Knocking out Go Your Own Way at number nine for me, guys. Wow.
2: Great song. I... That's a hard knockout, though. I know. I will say that, man. That's a hard knockout. Great pick. It did not make my list, as we know. But great, great, great tune.
0: It did not make mine either, obviously, because I have mentioned I did not choose anything from the 80s. But when we're talking about, if I had to pick like my top two favorite songs from Tango in the Night, it would be either Little Lies or Tango in the Night. They're both just amazing tunes. Yes and the way you compared it to that Hendrick S type solo, it is probably the most guitar driven part of that whole album. So obviously it resonates with me, but it did not make my list because I have my closer chosen and yeah. So with that being said, (laughs) Gomez
2: track nine. So my track nine and track 10, I've been flip-flopping their numbers. So I'm going to stick with it. I'm going with my gut. Originally I, I had it at the number nine. But you just mentioned the song Little Lies, another great song. It was charted at number four, Billboard 187. 87. Something about this song uh, that I truly like, the song was written and sung by Christine McVee. and I thought her voice was really strong on this, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, it was just a un- great song, and this is another song I remember in the 80s that got me addicted more to Fleetwood Mac, a little bit more, a little bit more, and... Truly great song. So number nine, Little Lies.
0: It's an infectious, like, again, those vocal harmonies. Mm-hmm. I, I know I've said it a lot, but, man, those vocal harmonies, like, they're just perfect in that song. Yep. And I would say that this might be their poppiest tune, if you want to call it that. And, again, it's a very melancholy, sad li- tune lyrically But when you layer it over this happy beat and these beautiful harmonies, it's like fun. And you're snapping along to a kind of a sad song, but it works so well the way the lyrics were crafted for this one. So Mm -hmm. I love the pick, but I did not close my list with it.
1: Love the pick as well. Um, One thing that really stands out to me about that song is you hear all three of them singing pretty clearly throughout that song. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just Stevie doing some harmonies here and there, or Lindsay, but you clearly hear all three of them in the chorus of that song, for sure. So, Love, Little Lies, um, not on my list, though. All right,
0: well, we're up to the last track of the night, and guess what, folks? Not a single trifecta. That actually surprises me. I'll be honest, I'm very surprised about this. So am I. But, but... There's one song left. So, what are the odds? They're low if you're a Bent man right now. But let's see, Lance, what do we got? Track 10, close us out. So,
1: you know, my 33% each had to have a 30, you know, three songs. So, I was struggling with what to do with number 10. So, number 10, not going to be the Peter Green canon. It's going to be The Chain off of Rumors because it's the only song. That has all five of the classic Fleetwood Mac members as the songwriter credits. So all five of the, you know, those guys and girls got songwriting credits for the chain. So the chain has to be in here, and this is the solution for how what my number ten is going to be. So it's symbolic. It's the first song on side two of Rumors. It acknowledges all the drama in their lives, especially at that time. Um, knowing that staying together as a band is their destiny and it ended up being their destiny, even though that album was from, you know, 1977. So the iconic baseline of John McVie, you talked about a John McVie baseline earlier on the episode, but this is that dun, 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 that baseline. Just everybody knows that baseline. And when they do that live, it's just so amazing. The opening is iconic. The harmonies again of all three. It's a must to include. So the chain is my wrap up at number 10.
2: Wow. Great pick. Um, it's one of those that did not make my list. Wow.
1: But... <laughs> <laughs> Give him the axe. Uh, the axe. I guess oh, I axed that one.
0: I thought we had a bingo. Uh, we were so close. Nope. Oh, <laughs> damn it. As soon as he said, dude, I am so, Good. like, as soon as he said the chain, I'm like, holy shit. We might get a bingo
1: Goosebumps. for the first time ever. Goosebumps. No.
0: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Gomez. It didn't make your list. It is my track 10 as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, the chain. If you thought about the slow build that I talked about in my opening song with World Turning, yeah. that is a slow build into a cool ending. Yep. The chain is the perfect slow build into a kick-ass end of the night ending it feels like the band's theme song Mm -hmm. the chains keep us together and you know there's been all the drama throughout the decades with the band it just feels like the perfect closer to me I really thought we had it I absolutely God this is probably probably my favorite Fleetwood Mac song cover versions taking Dawn did a kick-ass hard rock version several years ago definitely worth looking up and I want to shout out to Follow the Trawler. Once again, Tim McCarthy of 2010 Minutes, our good friend Matt from X Radio X, and our good friend Leah from the She Will Rock You podcast also had the chain. Absolutely love this song. Damn.
1: <laughs> so close.
0: I-, I love you, Gomez. No hard feelings taken. <laughs> but because de- uh, I even set it up with the perfect like, the odds on this happening are very small. I really thought I was just bull****ing everyone listening to think that we were all going to pick the chain. So I am so excited to hear what your track head is. Now you have no idea.
2: <laughs> Do I really not want to save? because I feel like I'm let, I just let the whole world down. <laughs> no, dude. No dude. <laughs> okay. So, oh God. Now I feel like I failed everybody here. Damn. Oh God. No, no, Damn. it's okay. No, now
1: I I feel, can... We forgive you. It's okay. Feel, it's the oh allergies. Blame it on the allergies. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, well, I, oh man, talk about a major screw up on my part. I guess. Well,
0: Gomez, you could take the asterisk and be like, "I'm going to pull a Gomez and swap out," or you can. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't. I okay. can't. I can't.
2: It wouldn't be right because then it, that's called cheating on Playlist
0: Wars. No, which we don't dude, cheat. I'm giving you the option. We're making I'm, up the rules on this show as we go along. We're, we, <laughs> no, to stick <laughs> I got to stick with the number ten that I picked. All right, all right. So
2: my number ten was truly an awesome song. It was sang and was written by Christine McVie, who also she did perform the lead vocals and was produced by Lindsay Buckingham and Richard. Desh- Dash it. Dash, Desh- it. Dash it. Thank you, Richard. Dash it. Um, I went with everywhere. This song is one of those songs I, I kept on hearing. I'm like, who the heck is singing this song for many years? And it wasn't until maybe three years ago, I found out it was Fleetwood Mac. And I always said, I love this song. And I don't know why it's because of the background vocals. Something about that song was always great. And I gotta tell you, it was not an easy choice for me, but I went with this song, track ten, everywhere. That's that's my my
0: my list. Well look, dude, Gomez, I won't say anything bad about that because where I feel like I didn't give Christine McVee enough love, mm-hmm. you yeah. did throughout your playlist. So I totally respect the call there. Yeah. It, it was just it was hard
2: because you know, you, you have Stevie Nicks. You got Lindsey Buckingham. You have Christy McVie. You you got three powerhouse singers. There's
0: no way to divide this list up perfectly between them. There simply is no way. I'm
1: pretty sure my list divided it perfectly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) True. But that being said, we could have technically did Fleetwood Mac slash Stevie Nicks. Fleetwood Mac slash Lindsey Buckingham. We could have. And had an episode for each one. Yep. And the fact that I did not include as much Christine and you did. I think is amazing. Plus, mm-hmm. you're unapologetic about your love of the 80s. I yeah. knew you were going to pick a bunch of great songs from Tango in the Night. Which yeah. is why I'm... I didn't feel the need I had to. I feel no. like for the sake of the show, we've discussed all eras of the band now, which is great mm-hmm. even with Lance going and dipping into the 2000s mm-hmm. from Say You Will. I love it. I love it. But you you ready for this
2: one? This kind of shocked me. You know there was a cover song of this? Really? Mm. In 1996, covered by Shaka Khan. Wow, huh? That one I have not heard. I have to look that up. I love it. It was in her greatest hits collection, Epiphany: The Best of Shaka Khan, Volume One. Wow,
1: I'll have to look that up. That's got to sound amazing. You know, way different. Yeah, and way, way, way different, different. interpretation. I mean... I'm sure.
0: Yeah, big time. Well, look, think about all the songs we talked about tonight. This mm-hmm. feels like the Tom Petty episode yeah. because there was a few crossovers here and there. Well, like The crossover that surprised me the most tonight was two different live versions of I'm So Afraid. Mm-hmm. I thought that was mm-hmm. really kind of cool. But again, a few crossovers here and now, but really three ridiculously good playlists. And then the chime go beyond that. Mm-hmm. You've got Ben from Records Revisited podcast who wrote in with Hypnotized. I forgot to mention this in the beginning of the night, but Rhiannon was mentioned by the Moral Combat podcast as well as Kelly Madden. Mm -hmm. So shout out to them both. Say You Love Me, another Christine McVie tune was mentioned by our good friend Anthony Monkey Noodles over on Twitter. Big Anthony. You've got Secondhand News, which was another awesome track from Rumors sent in by Tim McKay. You had That's All Right sent in by Michael over at the Michael's Record Collection podcast, which stay tuned because next week is our results episode. But after that, we're talking all things 1971 with Michael from Michael's Record Collection. That one's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that in a couple weeks. And then one more Christine McVie song, You Make Love and Fun by Audio Mouse. Mm. So Christine McVie as a whole this evening did get a lot of love. So I, I do love that
1: good much deserved well, she had it.
2: yeah
0: she deserves it so with that being said it's time to put our money where our mouths are and pick our honorable mention song of the night so this is a song that the other two people have chosen but you didn't and you want to give a shout out to So it could be something, Lance, that either Gomez or I chose and vice versa. So why don't you kick us off with your honorable mention song of the
1: night? Okay, so I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and go with Go Your Own Way because that was literally the last one off my list. Uh, You guys had it. It was the last one that swapped out. I love that song, a very iconic Fleetwood Mac song. It's, again, if we talk about gravestones and, you know, uh, Hall of Fame speeches and things like that, Go Your Own Way would probably be the number one song associated with Fleetwood Mac. So I'll go with that. I have a whole bunch of other songs here written down, but I'll go with that. Keep it where I said it was at number 11.
0: And that gives us an honorary a trifecta, one with a little asterisk next there to you it, go. but still a trifecta nonetheless. So great. Gomez? So now that I feel really
2: <laughs> horrible on my killing a bingo super trifecta super exact <laughs> hit the lottery and all that stuff dude
0: the people that lost thousands of dollars that who gamble on the show are going to be pissed but you could you could take it up with them so. uh, listen i have no
2: money please support Vegas is calling
1: Clover. and they're pissed <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i know man <laughs> i'm gonna go with the chain well that gives us then two honorary trifectas of the night with asterisks yeah. but still two perfect songs for it. And Gomez, I'm going to give you a shout out with my honorable mention tonight. You had me at the baseline. I'm going with dreams as my honorable mention. Nice. So so rumors gets the honorable mention trifecta as well. If you want to think of it that way. Yep. So now we're at the point of the show where we're going to reveal our track ones through track tens and the honorable mention. So that way people can kind of hear the way you had your playlist mapped out. Lance.
1: All right. and number one, I have Rhiannon live. Number two is Songbird. Number three is I'm So Afraid live. Uh, number four is Gold Dust Woman. Number five is Tusk's Brown Eyes. Uh, number six is Peacekeeper. Number seven, Sisters of the Moon. Number eight, Isn't It Midnight? Number nine is Tango in the Night, the title track. And number 10 is The Chain. I think I have a perfect mix of hits and deep cuts on my list, gentlemen. And your honorable mention? My honorable is Go Your Own Way. Awesome.
2: Gomez? (laughs) So track one, I went with Big Love. Track two, Don't Stop. Track three, Go Your Own Way. Track four, Landslide. Track five, Rihanna. Track six, Dreams. Track seven, Hold Me. Track eight, Gypsy. Track nine, Little Lies. And track 10, Everywhere. And my honorable mention is The Chain.
0: All right, my track one was World Turning. Track two, Gold Dust Woman. Track three, Over My Head. Track four, Rattlesnake Shake. Track five, I'm So Afraid, live from the dance. Track six, Tusk. Track seven, Oh Well. Track eight, Silver Springs, also live from the dance. Track nine, Go Your Own Way. Track ten, The Chain. And my honorable mention, Song of the Night, Dreams, No trifectas of the night. However, we have two honorary trifectas in Go Your Own Way and The Chain with a little asterisk next to them. Lance, thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. Why don't you tell people about the book? Tell people where they can find your podcast. Tell people where they can find you. And I hope we could do this again. This has been a lot, a lot of fun. So
1: much fun. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, The book is called All the Right Notes. It's my odyssey through loving rock and roll for my entire life. It's available on Amazon. If you're in Chicago, it's at Rolling Stone Records. You can get it there too, but it's a lot of fun. Lighthearted, serious stuff, all in one. It's a lot of good pictures too. The podcast is called The Record Store. You'll find it on all the podcast players, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. Um, if you do a search on The Record Store and put in your favorite band, Tom Petty, we've done Goo Goo Dolls, Cheap Trick, Heart. We've done so many great bands. But do a search on The Record Store and name your band and see if we have an episode. You'll find it half hour just covering like one of my favorite albums of that band. So look for that. Uh, thanks again so much, guys. It was a blast. Love an opportunity to talk about Fleetwood Mac.
2: Oh, we can't thank you enough for being on the show with us, Lance. I can't thank you enough for coming on. For sure. And Brian, you know, definitely uh, as usual, our well-established co-host. Brian, I'm glad Cumber. I'm established at this point. Well established. You better be well established. Yeah. I give you, I give you, yeah. I give you, I give you that honor, man. <laughs> but I want to thank all the playlisters for listening in and chiming in on our website. We do have our, we do have our episode coming up of
0: of the uh, winners, don't we, soon next week so this is the last chance when you're voting for this episode vote for the other nine because next week on the show we're going to be revealing the winners of all these episodes so quick turnaround with this week's fleetwood mac episode so let's get yeah. those votes in let's keep them coming playlistwarspodcast.com vote 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 and we'll see you next time when a new
2: battle takes place on playlist wars good night everybody You can find Playlist Wars on Facebook and Twitter at Playlist Wars, on Instagram at Playlist Wars Podcast, on email at playlistwars at gmail.com, or via voicemail at 201-644-6498. That's 201-644-6498. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review and be sure to tell a friend or multiple friends about the show.
1: Until next time, thanks for listening. In space, no one
2: can hear you scream. Unless you have a podcast. It's
1: Space Castle. Join three nerds. I'm DT. I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. As they hurtle through space, debating movies, books, games, and answering your pop culture questions, all to maintain their own sanity. Space Castle, your clubhouse and ours for all things nerdy. Available wherever pods are casted.